Welcome to Spread Talk with Pam and John, also known as The Calm, Before the Storm. Our purpose is to elevate the conversation and amplify special education resources. And our why is all about the kids. You know, Pam, there are so many organizations and, and people around Texas who are just making it happen for kids with disabilities. So let's make this a platform to celebrate their efforts because special education is about making the impossible possible. Well, Pam, here we go. What are we doing? This is day two, man. We're like, we're, we're recording sped talk left and right these days. I, I'll tell you, it seems like we're recording more episodes now that we're Zooming than when we were doing this, that stuff face-to-face. Of course, it's always harder to kind of crisscross Texas and land in these different awesome spots and, and, and you know, but, but I miss it. But here we go. Uh, okay. We got some cool people on with us today. Yes, we do, John. And uh, so with us today, we have the Child Find Network is also known as Network One. Is that correct, Sarah? Yes. Okay, because that's what I hear. I mean, I just almost said, well, Network One. Network One has a lot of things going on. (laughs) So hopefully today you can share with us what's going on with the Child Find Network, also known as Network One. Yeah. Thanks, Pam. And that's, you know, it's child find, evaluation, and ARD support. So, I mean, it's really, you know, covering the gamut almost, you know, like what did we not throw in there? And so um, what an important statewide leadership network, um, Network One, is to our, really our educators, probably families, students across the state. Uh, The networks for many years have provided um, just that extension of support and guidance and and resources and I think now more than ever that alignment between uh, tech the TEA really the agency and and our networks is just shining through in the work that's coming out so we're just so glad to have you guys on we have a, another person on with us Pam now we have Kara right Kara pronounce your last name is Walensky that is spot on John boom that's how I knew it right there <laughs> And also we have Don Vanderhill from TEA on with us. You want to give a shout out, Don? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> See, that's the reason that editing these things is so cool. Good morning, can... everyone. There, oh, there she we is. go. There we Good go. morning. <laughs> Don. I am on uh, uh, satellite internet, so it's it's a little unstable but good morning we are so glad everyone's joining us and hopefully we're going to provide some information to you today that'll help you as we start this new school year strong absolutely thanks dawn all right care so tell us about network one as john said um our network is uh responsible for uh child find evaluation and arts So quite a bit on our, um, but our biggest um, purpose is is really to collaborate with TEA in really providing supports and guidance to our public school, our our school districts and our charter schools um, to, to really assist them with implementing strong, effective programs for students with disabilities, um, starting with the child find, public awareness, 
um, working with inner agencies like uh, early childhood intervention, ECI, um, working on comprehensive evaluations, um, and then uh, transitioning into eligibility determination and then um, effective and rigorous uh, IEPs for students. So uh, that's kind of our, our mission, our purpose is really to assist them. Yeah, and so, you know, I, it seems like, if I remember correct, um, the, the, the Child Find, you know, Network One will um, not just deal with kind of notarizing, making sure people are aware of the fact that, you know, we have this responsibility to identify, right, to go out into our communities, our surrounding areas, you know, schools within their LEA boundaries, and, and really find those students that may have um, specific disabilities and then to provide then that evaluation so that if that child uh, it qualifies and is eligible for services that child can receive special education like we said the IEP and the ARD supports um, that are appropriate for each each kid and so I, I really love the way TEA and the network chose to put not just child find, but kind of the child find evaluation and art supports together because they really are kind of that complete process, if you will, that, that a child experiences. Yeah, that continuous process. And, and you know, another important point is, um, you know, not only for public schools are, you know, LEAs, but also, you know, for parents, you know, collaborating with parents and including them throughout the entire process. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the other um, kind of missions or, or purpose of our, of our network is also to provide information for our parents and make sure that they, um, you know, fully understand the process and, and can collaborate and participate through. Okay, so uh, who makes up the, uh, the state leadership? So our network is uh, made up, of course, with a collaboration with TEA. Uh, so we have, um, you know, Dawn is our uh, TEA contact. Um, and so she and I are, you know, I guess you could say almost hooked at the hip. <laughs> we uh, we uh, collaborate quite a bit. So definitely uh, TEA's collaboration. We also have um, uh, representatives from each of the education service centers from around the state. Um, some of our service centers have one representative, others have two, um, and it's, it's been the, last year it was the student evaluation or evaluation uh, consultant for the ESC uh, that was a member. This year we are expanding our membership um, and we are including uh, speech language pathologist mm. uh, consultants from each ESC as well. Um, because they are an important part of this whole, yeah, right. you know, child find evaluation and art supports. Um, and so this year uh, we will have uh, both the evaluation consultants and speech language pathologist consultants um, on our team. We also consult with a stakeholder group. Um, so we have uh, gotten uh, recommendations and nominations and reached out to um, uh, consultants and, and, professors and, and LEAs across the state um, so that they can also provide us with uh, some feedback, some input um, as to the direction and, and where we're going with this network. 
Yeah, that's important. It's nice to get that stakeholder feedback. You want that kind of that feedback loop going on. I think as you develop and continue to kind of grow the network, I'm sure. Um, and so that's neat to know. You know, I, I love how we are really focusing more on not just the the services and the rules and things like that for a child with disabilities, but also the experience that that child has in relation to, you know, success uh, and effectiveness of services and such like that, but also the experience that the parents have in, in regards to invoking, you know, their their rights to ensure their their children receive these services. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Pam, what were you going to say? I see you eyeballing me down there. Oh, no, no, my dog was barking. Oh, okay. Make sure that Pam, what's your dog's name? Jackson. Jackson. Well, you better just tell Jackson to hush it. <laughs> so. I was worried about mine. She came in right before and sat here next to me, and I was like, oh, no. no. Oh, no. Please this, don't <laughs> This is not going to work. Yeah. No. Mine are Great Danes, and so and they're out on the farm. And so I tell you, if they were barking, we would not be podcasting. We would not be sped talking. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, you said – oh, go ahead, Pam. Oh, I'm just going to ask, is there a uh, – do you have a website? Yeah, we sure do. Um, it's called uh, childfindtx.tea.texas.gov. Um, and so uh, we have information, um, web pages about child find, evaluation, art supports, um, virtual workshops that we offer, um, as well as a contact us page, which I don't know, there's pictures on it and my picture is not exactly yeah anyway, um, so I wasn't I too thrilled that. I was like can we do without the pictures no. no we need to have the picture and I'm like really anyway, yeah, I understand um, but this is a real important page because um, it puts you in contact with uh, the region four contacts which is mm -hmm. the grantee for the network as well as how to find the the contacts at each one of the ESCs mm -hmm. so when you click on it um, it will bring up who you can contact um, at that uh, particular ESC and ask them about any training or supports or technical assistance. So, um, who are you? Who are you targeting with the website? I mean, is that primarily for educators in, in the state, but also for others? Or it's it's a it's a balance of not only staff of our public schools but also parents mm -hmm. um you know when you when you click on the different you know pages such as about child find um i think that you know as far as just a general resource for parents to go to um and i think it's in a nice way that um, is understandable for anyone that's not in our field. Um, so we tried to uh, not use acronyms unless we've described what they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's a good balance as far as a resource for both LEAs and, and parents. That's great. And you also mentioned you have virtual trainings on the website. Could you, uh, yes. could you share some so, of the training with us? Uh, so Last year, we offered and recorded uh, three virtual workshops. So we did them live. Okay. And, uh, and then afterwards, we posted the recording. So participants could join us um, for the live version. And then if they couldn't, they could access the recording afterwards. Uh, additionally, this year, we are offering five virtual workshops. And so um, 
you know, anyone is welcome to, to sign up and uh, we will get the ones posted for this school year um, up there, hopefully in the next uh, week or so. And um, then people can start registering. But yes, we offer live virtual workshops and then the recordings of them. Uh, can you tell me what the topics are? Sure. Um, so the first, very first one that we did was um, evaluating dysgraphia in the FIE, which is a, which is kind of a hot topic right now. Um, and that was provided by Cherry Lee, who is mm -hmm. uh, the director of the reading academies at TEA. And uh, so she did a great job of, you know, walking through how to, how to look for those dysgraphia uh domains and um, really looking at a comprehensive evaluation for that mm -hmm. within the FIE. Our uh, second one was documenting growth in the FIE by Dr. Murdy Gomez, who is a professor at Sam Houston State University. And it was really looking at um, how to look at data and document growth because mm. sometimes that doesn't show up in just standard scores from mm -hmm. you, you know from evaluation to evaluation so that was a good way of of really looking at your data and determining uh the growth that the student has made um since the last evaluation mm -hmm. and then we did one in february on art 101 uh so i provided that uh and that's, it was basically an overview um, of the understandings of the different types of committee meetings, mutual mm -hmm. agreement, membership, participation, almost everything that you would need to know as far as basics for ARDS. Um, this coming year, we are actually uh, scheduled to have five uh, workshops. Um, one is going to be on uh, evaluations uh, during this next school year. So we have two um, very respectable uh, consultants, uh, Dr. Gail Sheremy and Dr. Andrea Oganowski, who are really going to be looking at how do we do an evaluation, um, you know, during this next school year. Um, our next one is going to be on virtual ARD meetings. So what do we do to make that mm -hmm. happen and uh, still stay in uh, compliance and make mm -hmm. sure that everything is, is being done the way that it should be. We're also going to be doing one on triangulating data mm. in the FIE, uh, writing impact and need statements uh, for students. And then we are, our last one's going to be on um, reads and reevaluation. So that review of existing evaluation data and how does that fit into a child's three-year reevaluation? Yeah, you know, I think uh, as a former um, director of special education, I think how, uh, like if I was still sitting in that chair and trying to manage that chaos, right, that, that, so often is that job i right now i would in hearing what you're saying i every one of my assessment staff um support staff would be tuning into this stuff because while so so often you think this is basic information you know and we should know these things so much of this goes to professional judgment it goes to that subjectivity it goes to that gray area of what Absolutely. we do in assessment and i think a lot of people really just need examples and need to watch and listen and hear and even join in that conversation and so i, th I think these are just amazing resources you're talking about Thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head, John, is that, you know, um, 
given the, the circumstances that we've been in this year, um, we are definitely, as evaluators, going to have to rely more on our professional judgment as we move into evaluations. Um, and so we just want to support them in doing that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Dawn, you going to jump in? I know you've got something to add to this conversation. We want... We want our schools, our art committees, our evaluators to feel supported. Mm -hmm. There's such energy and hope as we start the 2020-2021 school year. Nobody is denying the challenges. Mm -hmm. And we're called upon to be flexible the way we've not been before. Uh, it's been enough to learn the traditional ways to do things. Yes, yes. <laughs> and now we're going to flex. We're going to flex. And that's challenging. Mm -hmm. But no, I want everyone to know they're not in this alone. We're here to support and guide. Use, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And in the end, work out. Our big message probably to our evaluators and our art committees, we've always said, make database decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's almost become such a phrase. It's just rolls off our tongue and we don't think about it. Yeah. I think we're going to get better at looking at a variety of sources of information to make our decisions. And we've needed to do that. Mm -hmm. And frankly, these circumstances are gonna force us to get better at something we probably needed to get better at anyway. That's right. Do, do the information come together to support what we're deciding? So um, this is a fantastic network. It is one <laughs> that owns my heart, owns the agency's heart. Mm -hmm. uh, we have wonderful, wonderful people involved. And uh, if we can't answer the questions for you, and sometimes we can't, we will go looking for the answers for you. We'll make that commitment to you. So I really want to celebrate Kara and her team and actually all of our network representatives at the 20 service centers. Uh, they are awesome, energetic folks that, that positive attitude. We can do this. We may stumble, <laughs> but we can do this. So yes. we are absolutely here to support. I think Don hit it on the head as well, is that everyone that's involved with this network is super passionate yes. about child find evaluation, um, developing, you know, effective and rigorous IEPs for students with disabilities. I mean, that that is one thing I do have to say, not only just about the, you know, region four, you know, network team, but the everyone that's involved, all of the representatives from the ESCs, we're passionate about this. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's what, what, what drives us. So if I was a parent, which I am, <laughs> come yeah. my bed, <laughs> what, what would I, what would you all want me to know as far as evaluation and child find goes? You know, if, especially if I'm concerned, you know, counsel our situation and, you know, my child might be struggling mm -hmm. and I really, you know, it might have been struggled prior to 
COVID. And, and, and I've been pondering whether or not to, to have the child evaluated, my child evaluated. Mm-hmm. But I really think now we possibly might need to do that. So what, you know, what would you tell a parent who's just kind of wanting information, you know, to make that decision whether not, whether not to go forth with an evaluation? Mm-hmm. Great question. Yeah. That is. Um, and that, that was a question that, that I would get repeatedly, you know, long before I became the lead of the network and even before I was working at the Education Service Center, um, you know, as, as a, you know, an, an evaluator and, and specialist in uh, the districts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the most important thing is that parents need to know that, that we are here to help and support the children. Um, and, and if you, if they have any questions whatsoever about the process or like you said, even just considering, you know, do, do I ask for an evaluation? Does my child need to be evaluated? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing is, you know, reach out to, to your, to your school district, or, or if you don't know who that is or who to reach out to, you can always contact us and we'll, we'll connect you with who you need to talk to. But I think just reaching out and, and getting in contact with the school district and, Mm -hmm. and having them walk through the process. I mean, the staff and the LEAs are wonderful and that's, that's what we're here to do is to support them in supporting parents. Um, So I think just, being able to have those conversations. Don, do you have anything else specific, maybe from an agency perspective or that you might want to share? Uh, one of the project, one of the activities, the network is going to be rolling out in October. It's a very quick timeline. We are going to offer online training that could be accessed at any time for what we're calling ARD managers. Mm. Now, certainly, of course, LEAs may, or may that's, that's mine, <laughs> may <laughs> or may not, <laughs> that's funny. may or may not choose to use this model. Yeah. But with the volume of evaluations, there will be an evaluation shortage, yes. no doubt. Yes. One way to address that would be to train. We used to call our facilitators, and uh-huh. we've gone with our managers. Mm-hmm. They're going to be online. There's competency checks. You could hire an ARD manager and put them through this training at any time in the school year. And it is not about how to operate the software management system. If you're an LEA and you use a software management system, you'll need to get that software company to train the person. Sure. That, that will not be our role. Yeah. Our role, and this has been the criticism, just because you know how to work the software doesn't mean you have a deep understanding of the ARD process. That's right. And that's what this going to address. Kara, you're back on. I'm going to let you pick it up from there. I was just previewing our manager training in October. Okay. I apologize. I have no, no idea what happened. No, not a problem. All of a sudden, everybody was gone. Yeah. Was and like, what? We were like, where did she go? She just vanished. No, that happens. I mean, that's just part of this. Said. 
this Welcome Zoom world. Welcome to the virtual world. Welcome yeah. to the virtual world. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So we had just asked Dawn if there was anything specific, you know, from an agency perspective that she wanted to share. And she talked about kind of the online trainings that we're going to roll out for, for ARD managers. I would presume that, you know, if a, if an LEA had ARD quote facilitators, they could, they could let them do these courses and it, you know, yeah. And what if, what if you're a smaller rural school and you have a diagnostician, but you would like the diagnostician, I mean, you know, maybe they're young and, and they don't have that much experience. You want them to go through these courses and learn the process more. Oh, absolutely. I think anyone that is involved in the ARD process, period, I think uh, the modules would be beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, particularly for those that uh, their position is an ARD manager or facilitator, as, uh, as some LEAs choose to identify, or if you're an educational diagnostician, speech language pathologist, SSP and you are going to basically be in charge of running um, an ARD, these might be modules that you want to participate in um, yeah. so that you can, you know, get a deeper understanding of, of the process. Um, and the way that the team has set up the modules is really to um, kind of walk you through, um, it starts with that basics ARD 101, and then it moves into uh, how do, what are the processes throughout the year? So to start the year, how do you, you know, what do you need to know? What do you need to be prepared for? Um, those basics. And then it moves all the way through to, you know, close school year. Mm. So I, I think it would be beneficial to, to anyone that's um, involved in the, in the art process. Yeah, I would agree with you, Kara, because one thing I, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of noticed is that people know if they have the management system, they know the part they fill out, yeah. <laughs> but they don't know the whole process. Right. And then when you start having conversations from the process of the art, not what you just fill out, not the goals or objectives, not the transition piece, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, you're not, they don't have the full picture. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad thing about those IEP management systems and the way the district choose to use them because it's not really teaching the whole process. And I think even for new teachers or even veteran teachers, you know, who have never really sat, sat down and went through the whole process of an ARD meeting, mm -hmm. you know, right. the whole taking the document from beginning to end, you know, there's, there's value in that. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, well, that's where I, I got started. So that's, yeah. I know John, I'm, I'm old as rock. But <laughs> I love every bit of it. But it, it, it makes a difference when you have those conversations with parents. Mm -hmm. Yes. And oh, those, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, that's probably the most important piece. And and as you mentioned, um, you know, our teacher preparation programs, you know, whether that's through a university or through, you know, a, an alternative certification, and then also our evaluator preparation okay. programs. Um I know from experience that um, the ARD process and, and all that's involved in that is not explicitly taught. Mm -hmm. Nope. Um, so I think that this is a good opportunity, like I said, for anyone that's involved in the ARD process to, you know, kind of refine those skills. Right. Um, 
and and I think that that will just make for you know better collaboration with parents and and make for a smoother process. Well, those um, courses do, do those come with CEUs? Like, do, can they do those and get CEUs for them? Yeah. Yes. So the way that it's going to be set up is that uh, there will be modules to be completed, um, and so then they will get credit hours for each module. Now to um, get a, a completion of the whole okay now you're an art manager or you like an endorsement train. yeah like, sort of yeah. yeah and and so they would have to complete all of the modules um in order to get that final piece um but you could you know we could set it up to you know that you could just take you know this portion but it is it is really designed to be an entire course. Yeah, a comprehensive set of modules that build that knowledge of that Correct. practitioner. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that is fabulous. Well, I know for years, I feel like we've had um, practitioners out in the field and teachers and that, that just have wanted examples. They've wanted um, that additional training, specific training, not just professional development on, you know, these general processes, but, or information, but more specific to their area of expertise, to their daily routine, to their specific skill sets that they need to be refining and mastering. And so that's one of the things I think we're hearing more and more from these networks is that that obviously is a lens that that our statewide leadership networks is is begun to focus and really project uh, information and resources out across the state. Thinking about you know the, the you know I think about how we're kind of in this third year right now, ending the third year of this whole sped redesign kind of at the state level, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a strong believer that, that we always find the silver linings, something good always comes from our struggles. And, and, you know, we struggled a lot in Texas. Um, you know, we focused a lot on procedural compliance and we focused a lot on, you know, we did what we thought we were needed to be doing. And we've kind of moved into this new effectiveness phase with Andrew F and with, with, you know, just the, with ESSA versus no child left behind and with it's just a different approach to meeting the needs of students in general and even more so with regard to students with disabilities and so you know this network specifically I'm sure has been informed and or maybe even guided in some ways by you know by the corrective actions that TEA has been under and by the special ed strategic plan and so can y'all just talk a little bit about that Absolutely. Like you said, I mean, the way I, I view this, like you said, John, is silver lining. Um, you know, yes, we, we had we had some struggles and we went through some hard times and, you know, they were like, oh, gritting our teeth. But I think on this on this other side, we are changing things the better of our students with disabilities, period. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, our, our network in particular was created and continues to work based on the corrective action plan from the Department of Education and TEA strategic plan. I mean, that's, that's really where this all began. And, and, but we continue to look at the data. I mean, we continue to look at 
the data that the LEA submit as far as, you know, state performance plan indicators. I mean, really, when I look at all of the, the SPP indicators, it's, it's kind of like we really touch on all of them, mm. you know, FAPE, LRE, initial evaluations, um, you know, even disproportionality, all, all of those are you know, we're, we're touching on. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then we also um, are using uh, the, the review and support data to help guide us into, you know, what do the, what do the public schools, what do the LEAs need from us? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, that's one of our main focus is what can we do to support um, those, you know, those campuses, those LEAs um, in, in making things better for students with disabilities. Um, I think that everything we do is informed and guided by what, you know, what is happening with our data regarding students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. You know, I think more and more we've talked about and, and in many ways, we've focused on certain specific sets of data in schools for many years, you know, and, and we've looked at, you know, achievement outcomes on, on star assessments and, and tax assessments and toss assessments and teams assessments and you know, all that kind of stuff. And that that's evolved over time. But, but I think now more than ever, we're, we're going beyond that. And, and we're saying, look, we do have high expectations for students with disabilities, right? Just because I have a learning disability doesn't mean that I shouldn't learn to read and, and close those gaps on some of these deficit areas, right? It just right. means that I'm going to learn different. I'm going to learn, you know, maybe at a different pace and things like that. But, but the, the idea that we go beyond the, that, that, that achievement data, to the outcomes data, right. really looking at, you know, what does this mean for a child over the course of their life? And how do we ensure that, like what you said is in that ARD process, we understand that process globally so that we ensure there's that thread that goes through that thing and that it just isn't aligned with those needs of that child, those interests of that child, those deficits of that child, those strengths of that child, so that on the other side of this whole thing we call public education, there's a bright future and that this baby gets to go out and become whatever that is that, that, that God wants that child to become. So I feel like that's what I get excited about. Every time I talk to one of our networks and, and even touch base with people like Dawn at TEA and, you know, we are living in, in some strange, unique times, but it, it's hopeful. There's change. There's real change occurring across our state. To be part of that is so invigorating. Oh, for, yeah. I would say that that's what keeps me going every day. Yeah. And also, you know, just the opportunities now. Yeah. You know, even for kids who struggle to you know, be in a classroom, <laughs> to be still and to sit down in a classroom, and now having this online environment where they actually might learn better mm -hmm. at home or, you know, or in front of a computer or where they could hear it more than once. Or mm -hmm. and, and I think one thing, you know, when we, uh, uh, I think when we did the interview with the Inclusion Network, and really thought about, you know, teachers now are thinking more inclusively yeah. about how to design lessons. Yeah. And that that's going to benefit students who learn differently. Yes. You know, and the students with learning disabilities, because it's not these, you know, stand and get my information and I'm going to, you know, you know, you learn it or not. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, when you're planning lessons, you have really, as we talked about universal design, 
that you're designing for all learners. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even thinking about universal design, even when we think about going to the art meetings and, and really talk about, you know, that looking at, you know, drafting an IEP based on that universal design model. Now I'm really yeah. going it way out there now, but, yeah. but I think it has to do with really looking at uniqueness of, of each learner. Right. And, you know, one thing, you know, parents complained about was my child IEPs look the same every year. Mm -hmm. I don't see the difference. I don't see where it is individualized, mm -hmm. you know, while we're still working on a task that doesn't really matter if John knows how to tie his shoes. Mm -hmm. I got boots on. Yeah, we can buy him shoes with Velcro. Yeah, I got boots. He's not allowed. He's not. He's not allowed to have shoe strings. <laughs> he can't be trusted. <laughs> That's for sure. So, I mean, I just think sometimes we get bogged down. Yeah, yeah. In the past, I think we've gotten bogged down, and really trying to think about you know. Now it's time to really think about, you know, how do we reach for the sky yeah. with kids and give them the opportunity to learn, you know, hope that makes sense. I know that was me going no, out there. No, I think it does. I think, you know, like we've said, I mean, just even over the past couple of years, you know, we were talking about, you know, the corrective action plan and, mm -hmm. you know, the strategic plan and, and even now with, you know, the, the COVID circumstances and things like that is that, yes, as we're going through it, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, but to think of it as an opportunity mm -hmm. to change and to look at things differently, I think is, is really, is really where I like my mindset to be, you mm -hmm. know, um, you know, and so again, this virtual environment, this virtual instruction and, and, and learning environment, I think is an opportunity for, for us as educators to, you know, think outside the box mm -hmm. and to, um, you know, kind of think about, well, maybe this is a more appropriate environment for the student or maybe yeah. you know we learn things about our students you know in situations like this and so I think you're right I think it's it's an opportunity for us to to learn and and develop um what's most appropriate for students yeah and even going through even the art meetings I know we've had you know people have said you know their arts have been more productive going virtually because uh -huh. now you know parents don't have to travel to the to the campus they don't have to yeah. take off work they're in the safety of their home right and they're also, not as vulnerable we're all a little bit less vulnerable and like who would think that technology would actually make bring us you know you think about how technology they say it dehumanizes right but really like it, it served it seems like it's serving to humanize pam go ahead i i, I didn't mean to jump in there oh you did too so. <laughs> and i think you know also one thing is that, you know, with parents, what we're saying that teachers are able to read the screen, mm -hmm. that if a parent doesn't understand something mm -hmm. that's being said, yeah, they can see it in their face and they can go back and clarify. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you miss the nuances sometimes when you're in a meeting and, and yes. getting how the room is set up and whether or not you look at the side of a parent face. Yeah. Or you're not even seeing the parent face yeah. because there's so many people in the room. That's right. That's a great point, Pam. So...
Yeah, just proximity to to each other. Um, and, and really and truly, you know, you think about it, we all have our own nervous, anxious energy. We all have our own values and beliefs and needs and wants and goals. And, and so, so often, I think when we're in a room together, um, that stuff sometimes Sometimes it guides us in the right direction and allows us to, but other times I think it might cloud a little bit our ability to really be transparent and be vulnerable and be open and reflective and want to learn about others because we are just feel like we just have to fight for what we need. And, and so in this setting, maybe even just this one degree of removal, uh, you know, it allows us to kind of be comfortable in our skin and at the same time, be engaged collaboratively in a process. And yes, yeah. But also, the, 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 um, it's an even, uh, even playing field. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to come to your house. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to come to your place. You know, I, I could stay at home. You were, you were wherever you are. You could be at home or at school. Yeah. But I'm not subjected to having to drive and be in a room with, quote, unquote, people who who know more than I, Yeah. you know, yeah. whereas, you know, as I always said, each parent is, is their child expert. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, they see them in more light than we, we do in education. Well, Go ahead, I'm going to make a, a plug for our second virtual workshop and it is how to conduct virtual art meetings. Um, Yes, of course, the process is the same. Mm -hmm. But to remind us, for new people, there's a, a unique etiquette mm -hmm. to virtual art meetings. Mm -hmm. we, we'll be talking about things, and that's why that's going to be our second one. have never had this many yeah. issues. I don't even stress it. Oh my so guys, I feel like we've, we've had a great conversation. I feel like there's some amazing stuff going on in Network One. Um, you know, child find, evaluation, art supports, the, the video vignettes, the, you know, is there anything else about the network, the website, the resources that you want to get out there to parents or to teachers or to administrators or, or evaluation staff? Anything else that you're thinking, man, oh, we need to mention this. You know, before we kind of wrap this thing up. Stay tuned. The network will be publishing some new materials very shortly. Great. Yeah. And I would say, you know, stay in with um, your, your ESC rep. Um, and so, um, you know, definitely visit our webpage and, you know, go to the contact us. Find out who your network representative for your region is mm -hmm. um, and stay in contact with them um, because that's, you know, that's that's kind of our connection to the state um, is is through our ESC reps. Um, mm -hmm. So we are, you know, constantly meeting with them um, and sharing information. Um, so they are definitely uh, well prepared for, you know, providing any technical assistance or support. Um, and then also, you know, like Dawn said, you know, check back with us, check back with our website um, to see what we've uh, added as far as virtual workshops and trainings um, and, and any kind of guidance or, um, you know, quick guides or something that might yeah. uh, provide that support, um, you know, for, you know, like I said, both both school districts, um, charter schools and for parents and families. 
Absolutely. And what is the website again? It is childfindtx.tea.texas.gov. Got it. And we'll make okay. sure we drop that hyperlink in the episode awesome. as well. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. Don, yeah. I mean, Kara, uh, I mean, if you guys have anything in the future that you want to highlight on Sped Talk, just drop us an email and we'll, we can jump oh. back on. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got some one and done. No hot resources or, or, or upcoming vignettes or, and you want to, you want to jump back on and kind of, kind of cameo them, you, we'd love to have you guys back. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes, because that's that's one of our things that we're going to be working on this year is, you know, um, you know, here was just kind of getting our feet wet and, mm -hmm. you know, finding out where, you know, where the needs lie and start to work on some things. Um, but the second year, we're ready to roll and we're ready to, to get the word out to, you know, all of our LEAs and, and parents and families. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we've loved having you guys on, and I think this is going to be a fabulous episode of Sped Talk. So, Dawn, Kara, thank you so much. No, Just... no need to. John, John will edit this. Yep. You'll be surprised. And that's just oh, called it. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. That's what that's the world we live in these days. Right, right. Well, we appreciate the opportunity. We really do. Um, you know, we, we want to let um, everyone across the state know that we're here um, to support and guide and, you know, do what is asked of us. Absolutely. We're better together. And I, I feel like TEA and ESCs and LEAs and like, we're really starting to figure out that really we're not so different. We're all just kind of cut from the same cloth and we're all really trying to accomplish the same things. And that's to take care of our kids and give them every opportunity in the future. So thank y'all for coming on. Pam, what do you got? Anything else? No, I think that's it. Thank you. Thank All right. Well, time. thank you all. This has been a great episode. Y'all have a wonderful day. All right. Yes. You too. Thank all you. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye To continue to elevate the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at SpedTalk2020, where you can find links to all of our episodes and each of the resources that we discussed today. John, also links to the resources will be available at our podcast site. And if you found these resources helpful, be sure to share them with, with a friend because information should always flow through us, not to us. That will do it for this episode of Spat Talk. And remember, courage creates culture and kindness keeps us connected. Until the next time, I'm Pam. And I've been John. And this is Spat Talk. Talk. Living in the moment and the moment is the future.